Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. You can catch a live recording of the show over on YouTube where I stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It's Angela Ucci, Heaven and Healing Podcast, and be sure to ring the bell to be notified for live stream reminders and more. Whatever platform you're currently listening on, please give the show a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's ears. And please consider partnering with the ministry as Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded. There are different options to support the show down in the episode description. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers. Enjoy the episode and God bless. If you do have any preteen or teenage girls, um, my goal is to speak in such a way that this would minister to them as well. So if they're not in the room already, bring them in or just give them the replay. Because the one thing I wish I had as a teenage girl was Jesus. And um, as evidenced, I can't promise I won't get emotional during this, um, during this live because y'all, the eating disorder plagued me my entire life. And I'll tell you kind of where it started exactly. Um, I want to first kind of give a disclaimer to this episode. And I want to say that um, I know this is a touchy, sensitive subject for a lot of people. Um, and that it's kind of one of those taboo things because we don't really like to talk about food. It's, I don't know, it's, there, there, there's like an element of shame and uh guilt underneath that but you got to remember who the author of guilt and shame is right the lord brings conviction but the enemy brings guilt and shame so we know that he's the author of those feelings and that he's a liar um and so that's why i really do want to speak to this it's been on my heart for a while it's kind of something i always push off i'm like no i don't want to talk about this because it is such a personal vulnerable topic for me this is the one thing that really tormented me basically my entire life up until the last year year and a half even less than as we get into the specifics of the um of the testimony you'll understand what i mean by that but I want to say that if you are struggling with an eating disorder right now, um, first of all, I want you to stop claiming that as your identity. Because if you have been saved by grace through faith, if you have turned away from your sin, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, then your identity is in him. And we're really going to get into the crux of that in the, this conversation. But I want you to stop speaking that over yourself right now. I want that to stop tonight. If you get free from anything at all, I want you to get free from just that identity that I have an eating disorder. You don't need to, you don't need to say that. You know, it's not an identity that you need to claim. You are a daughter or a son of the most high. You belong to Jesus. Um, and, and I also want to say kind of as a caveat to that point, if you are struggling with this and you see that I'm not right, you're going to hear how he really, really healed me from this. And you might be tempted into the lie of, 
why does God love her more than me? He doesn't. I And I want to put that out there right from the start that if the enemy tries to speak that over you or tempt you with that lie that God somehow loves me more than you because he's healed me from this at this point and you have not yet, you, you feel you have not yet been healed. He doesn't love me anymore. I, and I just want you to know how very, very loved you are by God. How much Jesus loves you. He wouldn't have died on that cross for you if he didn't love you. And so you need to understand your worth to the Lord. Okay. You know, I got accused. I, I came out with a short video um, when I was about 23 or 24 weeks into my pregnancy about how I felt really favored by the Lord because I was just rejoicing that he put my baby in my belly on my wedding night, right? Because it, it really is such a blessing. And I got accused of people saying, oh, are you saying that anyone that struggles with infertility doesn't have favor or isn't loved or doesn't have a close relationship with the Lord? When I honestly, I don't know how someone could have watched that video and, and received that from it. Because I've never, you know, I don't look at the blessings of my brothers and sisters and think of it as something that the Lord is forsaking or withholding from me. I see it as, as evidence of his goodness. And if there's a promise that I'm waiting on, I see you know, what he, what I see the way he delivers and provides and remains faithful and steadfast in the lives of other people as that reminder for myself. And I want to be honest, like that hurt. It, it, I, I felt very tempted to take that personal. And I think it, there's an element of protection there because it was like my daughter involved with that accusation. You know, it was like the mama bear kind of went in. Um... But yeah, it was, it was, it was the temptation to take it personal. And so to that, I want to say, you know, when we take things personal, we're in our flesh. Okay. When we take things personal, we're in our flesh. And a lot of this eating disorder stuff is obviously of the flesh. Um, and so I, you know, I, I kind of just wanted to start there as the baseline for this. Because I know there's people that are going to watch this video, not because they actually care about what God's done in my life. They, they, don't, they don't care that I am sitting here giving all glory to the Most High King for the way that he has saved me and delivered me and rescued me. They're watching this video because they're looking for something wrong with what I say. And as I was reflecting on that, preparing for this episode, there was a lot of, you know, the temptation of fear. Of what are they going to say about this one? You know, what, what are they, what's going to be the next post or the next video that they clip? What's it going to be this time, Right. And I realized something as I was, as I was kind of going through that, you know, one, my God has not given me a spirit of fear. So that was just, again, it's a lie. It's a lie from the devil trying to get me in my flesh to think about myself 
rather than doing what I'm supposed to do and give glory to God, overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony, which is what this is. And I realized that, you know, the persecution, you know, not only is the persecution biblical, but I realized that the persecution that I endure literally daily, and this isn't to make myself sound like some sort of martyr or woe is me, because again, it's not about me, right? But the persecution no longer comes from the mirror. And I had this kind of revelation today as I was praying on and thinking about and preparing for this episode that all of the all of the naysayers you know they're all from the outside whereas before i had christ it was all within me and it feels really good to not be my own worst enemy anymore because i know who i am in christ and all glory to him for that. Because y'all, I tried for years to be my own victor. I tried for years to heal myself. I tried for years to be strong enough. I tried to be the warrior. But the reason that I'm so passionate about these topics and about my story and about, about the Lord in general is because he is so good. I can't even wrap my head around how good he is sometimes. It's just, it, it, it's overwhelmingly beautiful and glorious. And I genuinely want everyone to have freedom in Christ, the lost, as well as as well as those who maybe have faith in him, but are still learning how to walk in it. And I'm not claiming to be any sort of expert. I'm learning every day. Sanctification is an ongoing process. But when I tell y'all that I'm free, that's not by my own works. It's not by my own righteousness. It's by the grace of God. And I, am, and I did embody a sense of responsibility within the faith itself, right? Realizing that the faith isn't just an intellectual thing. It's actually something that lands in the heart. Lands in the spirit. And so it, it, this is a multifaceted episode, um, as you can see. I don't really have notes prepared. I have some verses that I wanted to be able to reference, so they're on the screen here. So forgive me if this is kind of all over the place, but yeah, um, I kind of just wanted to start there <laughs> is that my persecution no longer comes from the mirror. It's all Jesus's, you know, it's, it's all glory to God for his finished work on the cross, his finished work on the cross that finishes his work in me. And that truth, you know, the word says, it doesn't say prayer sets you free. It doesn't say deliverance sets you free. And I will talk about deliverance because I have had deliverance with this. It says the truth sets you free. 
right? So I know that's true, is that his finished work on the cross has finished his work in me. Um, and of course, I'll continue to be sanctified. And, you know, I, sometimes I feel the need to give so many disclaimers, but it, it's true that it's true that at some point it's like casting pearls to swine. And I'm not talking about y'all lovely people in the chat. I'm talking about people, like I mentioned, that are going to watch this because they're looking for something wrong with it. They don't care about, about the goodness that God has done in my life. They don't care that he saved me. They don't care about those things. They care about what could be wrong with this, right? So it's pearls before swine. Now, let me tell y'all kind of how this got started because I've talked about before my, my, my story of, of, of obviously my testimony, how I got saved, came out of new age, all of the things. And I have kind of woven in there, you know, bits and pieces of, of how I struggled with, with my body, with food, um, throughout that time with my health, all of these things, but I've never actually kind of honed in on this story. And, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of start from the top when I was a kid. That's kind of where all our stories begin, I guess. Um, so I had, as y'all know, maybe some of you don't, so forgive me if you're new and welcome if you're new. Um, I, uh, I grew up with my mom, single mom, no dad. And my grandma was my best friend in the world. She took care of me. She helped my mom. Um, she lived right down the street. So very accessible. Just my best friend in the world, the person that I just adored. Um, and we, uh, sorry, I heard a weird noise outside. Uh, we, um, we would be together mostly every night because my mom would teach college. Um, and then during the day she would teach at, at high school. So my mom was very busy. She was single mom and yeah, you know, she was doing the best she can with what she had. And I love her for that. And my grandmom always had a bad relationship with food from as far as I could see or tell or knew her as a child, as a, as a small kid, she would just eat. I mean, she was overweight. She was, she was obese even. And, um, yeah, my mom on the other hand was like very healthy, but almost to a fault because it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the, the, the quote health journey I saw my mom on as a child. She was more so in it for her appearance than she was her health because I, you know, single mom, obviously there was like some sort of subliminal thing there where she wanted to find a man. And I, I saw her look at herself in the mirror and like grab at her hips and things like that. I saw that as a young kid. I saw her get up every morning at 5am to run and she would eat well. And yeah, it, it wasn't, it was never though like mommy's doing this to take care of herself. It was always like, I could see the way she was treating her body in her actions. And if my mom watches this mom, don't take this personally because this is giving all glory to God. It's not about you and it's not about me. This is about the Lord. Okay. Um, 
sometimes my mom thinks I talk bad about her. I don't. This is just, you know, this is just how it is. I love my mom. And, um, yeah, so she would, she would have this very like convoluted idea of getting healthy, but it was always for her, her image. And then my grandmom on the other side of that was a closet eater who, who didn't care about her health and found comfort in food. So I had like two extremes there, right? I had the mom that was always pursuing health and mostly it was health under the guy or was it was body image under the guise of health and then i had my grandma who was who was comfort eating closet eating loved food and i grew up with those two polar opposites and i watched them both and i had no man there as this the head of the household i just had these two women as the head of my household and so that's what i grew up under and we never had jesus so this is just me you know the bible says that we are clay he is the potter and as children, our parents are the potters too, right? And we're clay. And this is just how I was being formed. And so, yeah, you know, mom would kind of go to work. Mom always tried to get me to eat healthy when I was a kid. I was a very picky eater. Um, I didn't want to eat like chicken or, and things like that. I, I wanted mac and cheese and pizza and all the things. And my mom would always preach like moderation, moderation, moderation. But then when I would get alone with grandmom, it was like, you can have whatever you want. So I started to see my time with grandmom as like time when I could eat, um, just eat the way I wanted. And this, this, this cycle kind of perpetuated my entire life that, 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 that only morphed and evolved throughout the years, that whole, like kind of hide it from mom sort of thing. And then indulge with grandmom when I was, um, when I was really small. Now that this part sticks out distinctly to me of my entire story, very distinct where I must've been about eight or nine. Um, and my mom had made us hamburger helper for dinner, which is like, if you don't know what that is, it's like the cheesy noodles in the, in the ground beef. And I used to love that, right? It was so yummy. And, uh, she had put it on the stove, like the leftovers, kept it on the stove in the pot with the lid on. And I had my one bowl for the, you know, I had my, my serving, my portion. And she told me like, no more. Cause I asked for more. And she's like, no, no more. You had enough, which I probably did. And I remember going, going into the kitchen in the middle of the night after she had put me to bed. Um, and it was dark and, um, it's like such a vivid memory. I remember getting on my tippy toes with a spoon and opening the lid and just eating from the pot. And, um, I was, like I said, eight or nine at the time. And I've, I've never told this story. So, um, sorry. You know, looking back, I recognize like that was obviously a sin, you know, because I was, um, I was disobeying my mom and obviously I didn't have an awareness of what sin was, but I was old enough to understand right or right and wrong because I knew mommy didn't want me to do this. I knew I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it anyway. Oh, Lord help me. And so, you know, 
as far as like the whole t the whole like oh spirits entering spirits not I, I don't know if that's like when I, uh, I don't I don't know because like there was an open door to sin whatever I don't know either whatever whatever it is that's like the moment that stands out to me most when I trace this back is that moment in the kitchen sneaking the hamburger helper and that just like started a cycle where, you know, I would come home from school. Eventually I got old enough where I didn't always need grandma to watch me after school. And so I would uh, come home from school. And I, I typically had really bad days at school because I was always bullied. You know, I always joke and say that the Lord let me be bullied my whole life because he was uh, preparing me to be a Christian one day. So I was bullied. And I would come home miserable, not really have any friends, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, I would, I would, before mom got home, I would start, I would basically closet eat whatever snacks we had in the house. If we had chips and salsa in the house, I would like pour out the entire jar into a bowl not like get a serving of chips, but like bring the whole bag of chips with me sort of thing. Um, and just like binge eat after school that like became a routine. And then again, whenever I was with my, whenever I was with my grandma, it was like tenfold, right? It was like grandma would take us out to eat. And now this is like fast forwarding a little bit down the line, you know, not eight or nine anymore. Figure like now 13, 14, 15, I'm old enough to watch myself at this time. So I would come home. And then my, my grandmom would pick me up for dinner once a week at this point. And, um, with my grandpa, we would go to a pizza place. It was always like pizza place. And then it was always like cheese fries and pizza and fries and pizza. And just like as much as I could eat in one sitting and all of the soda, I was definitely addicted to soda. And uh, I'll get into that in a moment, but I was addicted to soda and, and all I ate was all I ate was bad food. Like that was, that was what I had an appetite for. I didn't want anything to do with healthy foods. Now, as I started to get older, I, um, it like in my teenage years, later in my teenage years, I wanted to get healthy because this is when I started recognizing, you know, I, I look different than the other girls. The other girls are all skinny. They wear low jeans. I can't wear low jeans, things like that. And, and, and no boys ever really liked me when I was growing up. Like I never had boyfriends the way like other little girls did in elementary school and all the things like boys never liked me. Cause I was always a little plump. I was always a little weird, you know, a little cross-eyed, a little goofy, whatever. And so, um, yeah, I, I noticed in high school, like I didn't look like the other girls. I was a little pudgier, you know, and I, I got my, my, got my period later than the other girls. So I, I bloomed later than the other girls, you know, all the things. And again, didn't have Jesus. So this stuff mattered because it was in the secular world and I was basing all my standards on the world. And so, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's when I was like, you know what? I want to get healthy. And so I started doing these, um, these beach body workouts in like the 10th grade, that were literally called insanity and they were insane. They were very extreme workouts and it was like six days a week, every day after school. And, um, that didn't really help the, the binge eating though, because it was like, I would work out and then I would just be hungry because I wasn't fueling my body properly. So I would just binge eat more. And then 
yeah, so I did those workouts for maybe a year and then, and then that didn't work. I did Weight Watchers a couple times on and off in high school. That didn't work. Everything was always like sort of a quick fix that I tried. And this is in high school. You know, when, when, you, when I look back on that time, I realized like I was still a kid, really. Like I was, I was, thir it was like 14 through, was 17 this time of my life. And I was so consumed by how I looked. I was so consumed by it. I just wanted to be pretty. I wanted to be liked. I never felt pretty enough. I got bullied in high school for how I looked. I have a memory in, um, in, in, in freshman year, I think, where I was in the cafeteria and this boy, like, wave, uh, he was eating a hoagie, which is, if you're not from the East Coast, just a, like, a submarine sandwich, which sounds really weird for me to say, but one of those big sub sandwiches, he was eating one of those, and he kind of, like, waved it around in my face, like, oh, you want some fatty, you want some fatty, and I literally took it out of his hand, and I, like, threw it across the cafeteria, but, like, th like stuff like that is just what stands out to me, you know, in my mind, like, Little things like that that people would do when they bullied me. And it was always surrounding my weight. It was always surrounding food and me being ugly and whatever. So I just had this really morphed body image all throughout high school. And um, it, it affected a lot. I mean, I got involved in relationships online. Like uh, no boys in real life would ever like me. So I could only find them on the internet. I got catfished. Like all, <laughs> all of the things... Um, as a teenager and um by my junior senior year I finally lost some good weight doing the Weight Watchers thing like I will I lost a decent amount I started to look better and um yeah that was that was all well and good obviously it wasn't sustainable because stuff like that never is let's be honest Weight Watchers all, all of the things not none of that's sustainable the diets don't work um it's all lifestyle. I, I truly, I stand by that. And, and I will get into, I will get into why I have the authority to say that in a moment. But, um, yeah, all, all, all bearing in mind, by the way, I'm still addicted to soda throughout all of this. Always the soda, always the candy, always the Cheetos looking forward to the weekend so that, you know, I do really good all week and then the weekend comes and then I can eat whatever I want. Kind of mindset started developing and um, the backdrop of the grandma stuff still happening where I go out with her, eat as much as I could. And when I tell you that my grandma like overfed me, I, I don't mean that like she tried to. It was like when I was younger, like 10, 11, and I would go to her house after school. She just wanted to take care of her granddaughter. You know, I was I was her little pet. That's what she used to call me. And so she had the Mountain Dew there. She had the Cheetos there. She she just had the stuff that I wanted. And I think it's also because she wanted it too, you know, and it was almost like she had a little mate to kind of binge eat with. Well, I and I don't think that was a conscious thing. It's just when I when I think about it in hindsight. So, you know, my mom and my grandma both did, did the best they could in different ways. Um and I don't blame either of them for this because ultimately God has used all of it. He's used all of it. And this is all for his glory ultimately. Like he knew what he was doing. He knew what was going to happen. 
later in life. And it's, it's just amazing. But anyway, um, sorry that I'm kind of jumping all over the place. I told you this was going to be a sporadic, chaotic episode. So I, you know, high school, lose the weight, whatever. And then I go to college. Um, oof, go to college. I have my own dorm room. And I never had a roommate. My roommate never showed up in college. So I had a room all to myself. This was like where all the worst parts of me began to manifest when I was in that dorm room alone. There was a vending machine right down the hall. I had the new, I had the newfound freedom. I wasn't under mommy's roof. I had my own little money card where I could go get whatever I wanted. And also grandmom would always transfer me money, which I just remembered. So, you know, go down the hall, always get Coke and Coke after Coke after Coke, drink the soda, drink the soda, drink the soda. Before I knew it, in my freshman year of college, I had gained back all the weight that I lost and then a lot more. So I started to get pretty, pretty plump in college um, very quickly. And, you know, I would go to the dining hall for dinners with everyone else. And I hated the food they had there. Like, I didn't want the dang salad. I didn't want, I, I didn't want the chicken. Just like when I was a kid, I didn't want the chicken. I didn't want the veggies. I was like, where's the pizza? And then I would go, I would, I would opt out of the dining hall and instead go to like the little cafe thing that they had. And I'd get the cheeseburgers. I'd get the fries, just stuff like that. Got to a point where, um... I'm just like really overweight again, like more than I was ever in my life. And then, uh, did I start smoking weed before or after my grandmom died? I actually can't remember. I think it was after because I was generally a pretty good kid, but my grandma died in 2014. We all know that story. If you've heard my testimony, you know that story. My grandma died in 2014 it made things so much worse because then I started smoking weed. And if you've ever smoked weed, you know that the munchies come along in that, ter in that territory. So that was all new to me. And also it was like the, it was like the coupling with like my grandmom's now dead. And like, I just want to feel good. And food was always the thing that made me feel good. So it was like coupled with the, Newfound marijuana addiction with my food addiction. Just like the most deadly combination when you married those two things together. So I would get high every single night and go to McDonald's every single night. Oh man, Mike, do you remember that in college? This was actually even before I started smoking weed. I just remember when I said McDonald's. I used to text my now husband because we were together in college for a period. I would text him my McDonald's order in emojis. Like it would be like three cheeseburgers and then it would be a glass of wine emoji, which was supposed to mean a large Coke with no ice and then the fries emoji. Oh my gosh. So that was a thing. And then when we started smoking weed, it got 10 times worse. Um, constant McDonald's, constant Wawa. If you're from the East Coast, from New Jersey or Pennsylvania, you know what that is because Wawa's open 24 hours and I could get anything I wanted. Uh, 
mac and cheese, smoothies, soda, chips, anything I wanted. Right down the street from my college. Um, it, it was a mess. Like, it was really bad. Looking back as I'm telling the story, I haven't thought about this in a really long time. It was really bad. I was eating a lot. And, and, and that was like the time when I first started smoking weed. So, you know, eventually the, the, the more, the more time that went on as I smoked weed, the more I got less high, if that makes sense. Like when the first year or two, when I would smoke, it was like, I'd get like blitzed out of my mind and just like go into like the, uh, the trance and couldn't remember anything. So it's like, a lot of it's foggy. It's like I would literally like black out and just binge eat. So that's all after my grandma died, right? Now, fast forward to me being almost 300 pounds. And I've always been like a taller girl, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so if that gives you some perspective, I'm almost 300 pounds. <laughs> and, um... I was only 21 and it was a year after my grandmom had died in 2015 where uh, I decided, you know, I don't want to live like this anymore. And it was the first time where it actually was about my health because I realized like I couldn't go on walks with my boyfriend without getting short of breath. And it would be the kind of thing where you'd like try and hold your breath so that the person next to you can't hear you breathing heavy because it was embarrassing and I couldn't walk up the stairs without feeling like I had just run a marathon and nothing fit me and um I was really sad you know like my grandma dying this is before I even really delved into new age at this point I was just like in the mediums in the mediumship and then the cards and the things but uh yeah, I, so I'm sorry. I'm like really all over the place here. This is very informal. Look at my shirt. I have tears on my shirt. <laughs> um, Yeah, so I actually remember crying with Mike. I'm sorry if you don't want me to share this, Mike. I don't see why you'd mind. This was in 2015 where we were both on my bed in 2015 and, and he had gained weight too. Like he had lost weight and gained it too. And we were both like sobbing, like, we need to get healthy. Like both of us, like we need to get healthy. <laughs> and so we kind of started together to get healthy in 2015. And again, this is the first time I cared about my health. It wasn't just like, I want to look better. It was like realizing that part of what put my grandma in her grave was the way that she ate. And I did not want to, uh, I didn't want to go down that same path. I was only 21. And so I got something called a 24-day challenge. It was a part of an MLM. Uh, MLM health products or whatever. Weight loss products. And I feel like I could do a whole episode on the MLM culture. But, it, you know, it, it helped me. I'm not going to pretend like it didn't help me because it did. It taught me how to eat. It, it taught me how to prioritize protein and carbs and fats and fiber. And 
I got really serious about it really quickly. Um, I remember the first time I stepped on the scale and saw that it was down 10 pounds. I was, it was like that, it was that like little push that I needed. Like, yes, something's actually working and this feels sustainable. I was older, so I, I figured out how to cook. I figured out that, you know, I, I, maybe a lot of what I didn't like to eat growing up was more so my mom's cooking than it was the chicken itself. I love you, mom. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I took it really seriously. Again, this is 2015. I'm, I'm now, I'm now, now a young adult and I lost in one year's time from exercise and from changing my lifestyle, cutting out all soda, by the way, the so I have not, I, I haven't drank soda since once in a while I'll drink the, uh, the Mountain Dew zero, which is probably worse than the regular Mountain Dew, but that's, it's like not really, you know, anything I make a habit of. But I, I haven't drank soda like that since. And in in one year's time, I lost 100 pounds, uh, between 100 and 120 pounds. And I was, like, I looked healthy, you know. I, I, I did, it, it wasn't like the kind of thing where I was, I felt like I was starving myself, but I will get into this in a moment. It was like controlled. It was, it was again, like this, this program, this MLM showed me kind of how to eat better. I had like a community of people that were eating well with me. And, um, I actually got involved with the MLM because my weight loss transformation was so insane that everyone wanted to know what I was doing. And then the, the lady that was above me who was like super new age and decked out in like new age spiritualism now, um, she was like, you know, you can make money doing this. You can, you can have like a, a life of freedom doing this, whatever. So I wanted to help people. Like that was genuinely my heart was I wanted to help people feel better the way I felt better. But the, you know, the, the thing is about these MLMs is that and I see now in hindsight, it's so dangerous. And if anyone from that time in my life ever happens to stumble upon this, like I'm genuinely sorry for, for, for taking on a role that I had no authority taking on because I wasn't a nutritionist. I wasn't a doctor. I, I you know, I, and I kind of took that on. I was like a health coach, but I wasn't, I didn't have the proper accolades of a health coach. I just had the, I lost 120 pounds story. <sighs> That's a whole other episode, the MLM. Anyway, I lost all that weight. So what, what a company that weight loss? Well, I decided to cut off all my hair and dye it blonde. If you can look at me right now in picture, just like up to my shoulders, uh, underneath my ears, just like bright bleach bleach blonde hair. That's what I did. I I was really, really skinny and I cut all my hair off and dyed it blonde. Please like the video if you haven't already. It's nowhere near the amount of viewers in here. So yeah, that's what I did. And I looked good for the first time in my life. You know, as far as the world would, would say. And I got obsessed with myself because I knew I looked good. And guys wanted me. Um, women envied me. Uh, and I, I, I got obsessed. 
Now, this is all happening as at the same time as me, like diving deep into new age. So keep in mind that I'm I'm becoming heavily demonized while all this is happening. And then I get into the yoga and all this, all the things, right? So I'm obsessed with myself. I'm demonized. I'm practicing witchcraft all the while being really healthy. Now, when I say really healthy with like a little attitude, it's because I really wasn't healthy. I thought I was, but the truth is the binge restrict cycle was still there. I figured out how to eat well. I, I finally understood how to exercise, right? Finally understood how to pair my meals. Like you want carbs here, you want carbs there, you want this kind of carb, that kind of carb, you want fat, you want fiber, you want protein, you want an ample amount of protein every day, blah, 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 blah. But the food addiction was still there. The MLM was called AdvoCare. They went under by the FTC as all MLMs eventually do. Um, so I would still smoke weed every night, but it was like more controlled where I would wait until the end of the night to have like a handful of almonds or something sort of thing. But then the weekends would come and it was just that same, that same pattern where I found myself in high school, right? It was in high school, it was like the intense workouts, the Weight Watchers week during the week. And then during the weekends, it was like binge, binge, binge. Or it was like always holding out for that one day where I would go out with grandma so I could eat, we eat, 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 eat. Or that one night where I could eat, 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 eat when mom was at home or in college where I could just eat, 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 eat when everyone else went away, right? And so, yeah, it was the same cycle. It was the binge restrict, binge restrict, binge restrict. And so I, I'm, I'm eating well during the week and then binging on the weekends and falling into this pattern, this cycle of shame of just so much guilt, just so much guilt. And this is also around the time I went vegan. I forgot to mention that. Um, so now I, I'm like learning how to eat again and figuring out what I, what I can and can't eat <laughs> because now I'm a vegan or a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for two years and then I was a vegan for Vegetarian for three years, vegan for two. That's it. So I was vegetarian at first so I could still have cheese and stuff because I, I definitely remember eating cheese and cake and stuff. Um, but yeah, so now I'm also ingesting all these really unhealthy products that I think are healthy at the same time that this is happening. Um, you know, because it, it's all soy. It's all soy. It's all processed because I, I still have to get the protein in. So it's like all the fake meats, all the Gardein um, beyond, I don't think impossible was a thing back then in like the 2016, 17 era, but it was all like the fake meats and the tofu, which is like destroys your, your microbiome and your gut health and your hormones. So this is like all happening. And then, and then I'll binge eat on the weekends. Like, it's just like the, it's like all these layers, which is why I keep jumping around. It's all these layers. Um, I never said, as someone in the chat, I never said carbs are bad. Um, I, I never said fat is bad either. Is it lagging for y'all right now?
Is it? Can y'all tell me if it's lagging in the chat? Because I just got a notification that um, I don't know what's wrong. It's not lagging. Okay. All right, just do me a favor if it starts going bad cuz on on YouTube it says that it says that it's bad. So, I'm just going to trust y'all. Do me a favor if something starts lagging, please tell me. All right, so I'm going to go on. All right, so I'm eating healthy but still binge eating, blah 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 blah. And then um Time goes on. I'm still obsessed with my appearance, still obsessed with my body, still have this backdrop of now deciding that I'm going to be a health coach and do this for the rest of my life. So it's like all these things. It's my identity. It's just my entire identity is just my body and my health and fitness. And it was, it was like, it was another, it was a form of salvation for me, right? The backdrop of the new age. And then also the health as because it all kind of went hand in hand. It was all the self-healing journey. It was all the self-savior complex. So, you know, and I've mentioned before how when I I lost all the weight and I was still sad, that's why I got deeper in new age. That's all layer there too. Like I'm just sad. I'm sad no matter what I do. I was sad no matter what I did, I should say. And um I eventually got I lost too much weight. It got to a point where I lost too much weight. I was too thin. And it's because I wasn't getting adequate protein because of all the vegetarian stuff. Um, and then, now I'm trying to think of like the time frame of this, of the years. Um, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. What happened was I, I just got, I continued to get obsessed is, is essentially it. And then my, okay, this is what happened. So I started tracking my macros, which innately isn't a bad thing. Tracking your macros isn't a bad thing if you have a specific goal. You know, I'm, I'm not here to say, like people people need to lose weight. If you're unhealthy and you know you need to lose weight, macros is a really great option. I genuinely think that because it's very scientific and I would recommend hiring a coach that knows what they're doing for that. Um, but I started tracking macros with a coach. For someone like me that had the backdrop of an eating disorder, it was not good because it became something that I was able to mask my eating disorder with. Because then it was like, well, as long as it fits my macros, I can have it. So then it became, you know, the binge restrict then became like, all right, saving my macros for these sorts of foods. Like it was just not good for me. And I, I did it for, I don't know, a couple years, I got so shredded. I got so lean doing that, but the cycle continued. The cycle continued. It was, it, it was just perpetual. It was perpetual. It, it was, it was the binge restrict, binge restrict, and then like do really good with my macros for the week. Binge restrict, binge restrict, do really good with my macros for the week. Still smoking weed, like all of these like undertones and the body dysmorphia, like the, the reason I felt the need to, to get so lean, the reason I felt the need to really, to just continue to, to, to morph and evolve my body. I always needed to get stronger is because I had body dysmorphia. You know, I lost that 120 pounds 
and I never thought I looked the way I looked. And it's weird when I look back at pictures of myself from then, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I was so little and I thought I was so fat still. It's crazy. Um, I just saw myself as that hundred, as that almost 300 pound girl every time I looked in the mirror. And I wasn't, I was, I was, I got down to like one, I think my lowest was like 120. And again, I'm 5'10", so that's not healthy. Um, I got into a size small and that was like everything for me. It was the size small that I always wanted to get into, right? That was always the goal. So I got scared to get out of the size small, like just, it was all about my body. It was all about my body. And I felt better, like my health was better. And I always said, you know, cause I'm like the health coach. I always said, oh, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's because it's my health, but it was about my body because then I finally got the validation that I always was looking for my entire life. And I was grateful to feel healthy. Don't get me wrong. I was grateful that I learned how to eat. I was grateful that I learned how to cook. Um, that I learned about food and nutrients and all the things. But even still throughout the years, I couldn't shake. You know, I, I, I couldn't shake the body thing. Always bringing it back to the vanity. Always bringing it back to my body. And how I looked and how people perceived me and wanting to be the hottest girl in the room. And I really, you know, I was obsessed with fitness. I was in the gym like five, six times a week for a couple hours. And I felt like I needed it. And, you know, what first became about my health, once again, became all about my body. My grandmom dying was the wake up call I needed to get my, to get my ducks in a row and, and lose that weight. But then once I started getting the validation for the weight loss, it was about the body again, <laughs> which is why the binge restrict thing just continued. But anyway, so now what, let's fast forward to, um, 2020 where I'm doing the macros again. <laughs> So I just, I would tried everything and I went to therapy for the body dysmorphia. Like I tried everything. I'm doing macros again. And then, and then the world shuts down. So then I, I, I realized I can't go to the gym anymore. And I was absolutely horrified. It was like really scary. It was really scary for me to think I couldn't work out because how would I ever maintain my physique? Like that's what I cared about in 2020 at the beginning <sighs> was my physique, was maintaining my physique and still being hot. And the, 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 the vanity and the sexual promiscuity came hand in hand with all of this. It was really all connected. I'm really sorry that this is like, so I feel like this isn't a great episode because it's very sporadic and it's all over the place, but I just pray that by the end of it, like it's just it's really just a showcase of what God has done in my life. Um, 2020 still binge eating. And now it's, it's like back in the dorm room again, because I'm in my, I'm in my bedroom. 
So I'm binge-eating. I'm smoking weed all the time from morning to, to night, smoking weed, binge-eating, and then doing home workouts, and then tracking my macros. Like, it was just like a cycle again. It was always the binge-restrict, 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 binge-restrict. Always what I would fall into. 3,000 calories at a time. And then do really, really good. Do really, really, really good with my macros that week and my workouts and blah, 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 blah. It was a lot. And it went on for years. Like I told you, I started my diet, the first diet in 2015. When I went, and then I lost all the, and now we're talking about 2020. Now, okay, we're getting to the climax here. 2021, when I get saved, um, I meet Jesus in 2021. I repent, turn away from my astrology, all my new age stuff, all the things. That was obviously the best thing that's ever happened to me and will ever happen to me in my life. My salvation. Praise God. So what started happening from there was, um, very organically, very organically, I kind of cared less about how I looked. Not in a self-deprecating way, like, oh, I'm going to lose, I'm going to let myself go. But it was more like, he just, the Holy Spirit was living in me. So he started changing how I saw myself. And I stopped seeing myself as just a body because he took away a lot of like the lust and, and the sexual perversion and and the the validation from men sort of thing because I finally was validated by the man I was always looking for. And so my body image and my need for a man to just validate me kind of went hand in hand. And once I had Jesus, half of that was gone. It was like, Okay, I still have the food addiction and stuff, but but a lot, but a big primary source of the the eating disorder with the body, with the food obsession, every morsel that put into my body, how my body looked, that part was gone, right? So he started to just naturally sanctify me there. And um, yeah, I, I started dressing different. Now, I want to say this too. It took me probably like six to seven, eight months to actually start dressing modestly. Um, <laughs> it's like when I, when I first got saved, I was still wearing like crop tops on with no bra on my Instagram and stuff. And just, you know, there was like a Jezebel there, <laughs> you know, and, um, I didn't want to let go of some of my worldliness and some of my, some of my clout, but it was still like less than, and it was at the point where I was starting to realize like, maybe I shouldn't post this. Maybe this isn't appropriate. And then that voice would lie to me and be like, nah, it's okay. So six, seven months later, I started dressing way more modestly, really starting to go in for God. And now at, at this time, I'm pretty like cessationist, you know, Starting to get kind of lukewarm because the people around me are telling me that, you know, oh, you're giving too much of yourself to this Jesus thing. Like, don't lose yourself and blah, 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 blah. So in the backdrop, I'm like, well, I can, I guess I should keep some things of the world because 
I don't want people to think I'm crazy about Jesus. And like, I'm really grateful for what he did for me. He saved my life. He got me out of new age, but I don't want to lose everybody. So I started, you know, I'm still smoking weed at night, ignoring conviction. And slowly but surely, like the binge restrict thing comes back. Um, which is, it's just interesting. Like the, the less I stopped living for Jesus, the more that stuff came back. In hindsight, it's interesting to look at from that perspective. Um, so yeah, I start, I start doing the binge restrict thing again. And I don't want to be like, I really genuinely don't want to be doing it. And it, it's funny because I felt different about it at this time. Like before it was like, oh, my body, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt my body. I'm going to look different. I'm going to like, guys aren't going to want me. It became like, why am I doing this when God saved me? Like it was, it started, like things started to become about God for me. Even this it was like, why am I wasting my time ingesting 3000 calories just so just, like, like God, God save my life and I'm going to keep living that way. Like I didn't want to be doing it. And, um, it was a struggle. It was like a cycle I was working through. Um, and he did help me a lot. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Like it wasn't the same. It was different. The way that the eating disorder kind of evolved once I got saved for the first year, but it was still there. And I just kind of came to grow and accept that it was something I would always have. Like, I was like, oh, this is the thorn in my side. This is just the thing that I'm always going to have to daily fight through, crucify my flesh, blah, blah, blah. I really believed that that was my portion was just, I just have an eating disorder. My brain is just broken, whatever. The trauma is too deep this and that and all of the things and um none of that was true truth sets you free remember so once i knew that those were all lies and i and i really knew that they were lies he did set me free now i'm not here to say that if you have an eating disorder you have a demon that's not the goal of this episode. Perhaps there's a, an unclean spirit that's influencing those decisions. You know, perhaps it's not. Either way, the truth sets you free. So what I really want to do is speak truth over y'all. And I, and I want to tell y'all about the truth that, that did set me free. And that was Jesus. And so... I know that there, there were unclean spirits influencing me from childhood, abandonment, rejection, that, that, that really did perpetuate this food cycle for me. Anxiety, depression, just 
generational even because of my grandma, how I mentioned that she had, she had the, uh, you know, the comfort food thing her whole life. My mom, the vanity, I inherited both of those things. And, you know, I didn't believe in deliverance. I really didn't. I, I thought, I thought it was another deception because that's what I was told to believe. And, um, it got to a point on my walk where binge eating got so bad all of a sudden. I got water baptized, <laughs> which changed everything. And the binge eating got so bad. It got so bad. Like it hadn't in two years. And I, I was like, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll let someone pray over me. I let my friend show me the verses and she prayed over me. She prayed deliverance over me. That night I came home and threw all my weed away and never wanted it again. And this was in February of this year, 2023. I threw it all away and I stopped binge eating. And you know what's funny about the binge eating thing? It wasn't like a conscious choice to stop. It was just for the first time in my life, it wasn't something I had to crucify. It wasn't a constant thorn in my side. It just was gone. Jesus did that. Jesus did that. And with that, you know, he renewed my mind. I was, I was, I was no longer focusing on earthly things, but on heavenly things, on the kingdom of God. You know, I'm not one of those people that think you need deliverance every week. In fact, I would warn against that. You don't need deliverance every week. I had this prayer happen to me and the binge eating went away. Can't explain it other than Jesus. He did that. I don't give glory to the person who prayed over me. I don't give glory to the prayer itself. I give glory to Jesus Christ. And it's saying that it's lagging again, so... Can you affirm for me in the chat that it's all good? <laughs> you know what's funny is the the week after I um I I was I received a deliverance prayer is that everyone online noticed something was different about me. Everyone was saying I looked different. That my countenance was more holy. And with that, the real modesty came. I didn't want to show even a, a sliver of my torso anymore online. <laughs> like, true modesty overtook me. 
And people online noticed, even people that would then later say like, oh, you're deceived, you're, you're, you're under a deception of false teaching now, Angela. Like the same people would say you look different, like you're glowing in the Holy Spirit, what happened? And I didn't tell people about my deliverance right away because it was something I wanted to really process and learn and understand. And I'm still learning about all this. I'll never claim to be an expert. But, you know, it, Jesus did something there. And I can honestly say, like, I've been free since. I have. You know, he set me free eternally with salvation. But he set me free from that torment on that, that earthly torment. When, when that thing had to leave. And, you know, I have a lot of trepidation talking about this because I, I, because I know like the persecution's coming again, like I mentioned when I started, but this is, this is true. Like he, he, he really delivered me from that. And, you know, that's not to say, I'm, I can't speak for you. It, maybe you've tried a deliverance prayer and it didn't work. Maybe God's still using you in some way in that area. I'm just praying how overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony is what comes through here. Um, so mo moving on, you know, there have been moments where I have been tempted because when I say that we walk in the freedom of Christ, I'm not saying we'll never be tempted again. I'm not saying that like deliverance is like a one time. It's like, it's like a one size fits all. That's what I mean. One size fits all. You're never going to struggle. Prosperity gospel all the way. Word of faith. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Um, it, it, of course, the temptations will still come. So here's what the devil does with temptations. And this is why I, I caution against like weekly deliverance or, oh, if something's wrong, I always need deliverance. Because what the devil does is he holds up your corpse the old man that you were before Christ saved you. The devil holds up that corpse and he goes, look, look at what you did. Look at who you were. Remember this? Remember this? He holds up your corpse and he tries to tempt you with the old man. That's why Paul says you got to put on the new man. You are the new man. Put on Christ. Renew your mind. So that temptation, once in a while, it'll be like, hey, you look fat today. And I'm like, excuse me. And you know how I know it's no longer in my head? Is because of how quick and easy it is to make it, to, to just make it, I can't pop go away. It's a temptation that he tries to use. 
He tries to hold up that corpse and show me who I was and say, hey, look at this. Look, look at who you were. See that? Because it's all he has. He has nothing on, on, on the new man, on the, on who I am belonging to Christ. So all he has to do, all he can do is show me who I was. And so he's going to use the part of yourself from that old man that was most horrific for you to endure as a way to tempt you into believing you're still that person. So every once in a while, he, he tries to come back with that lie. And I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me, you liar. I can recognize that it's a lie. I can recognize that it's not a thought that I am producing because I have the mind of Christ. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. Jesus would never tell me I look fat in the mirror. So you know what you do in those moments is you combat it with scripture. That's how we renew our mind. It says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So here's how he really tried to do it, right? I was all good from, you know, uh, my first deliverance, February, 2023, up until my body started changing when I got pregnant. That's when he wanted to start tempting me with those old lies. And I was like, uh-uh, dude, like I'm free. Are you kidding me? I am free. And that's, that's why it was so different because it wasn't torment anymore. It was like these, these weak little attempts, futile little attempts of, oh, maybe I can get her here. Maybe, maybe just maybe I can get her here. Maybe I can get her to believe a lie. And I'm like, nah, bro, you can't get me to believe your garbage. So, you know, when I got pregnant and I started to see my body change, you know, cause it took a while, like the belly's here now, you can't see her, but the belly's here now, but it took a while to get here. <laughs> and it's because I, I've read that when you tend to take really good care of yourself, you don't get like a huge bump right away. So it just for a long while looked like I just ate like pounded like four burritos in one sitting. So it just kind of looked like I was plump, right? I'm pregnant, but it looks like I'm plump. So my clothes aren't fit me anymore the way they used to and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and... So he, he would try, he'd be like, uh, you look fat today. And I'm like, no, actually let's read Proverbs 31, 30 and see what Jesus has to say about that. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So that's, that's kind of what I would just speak over myself in, in those moments when he's like, oh, your body's changing. I'm like, uh, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But my father says I will be praised because I fear him. So you just combat those lies. You submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. It was no longer constant torment, which is why I knew I was truly free because he had just tried with these little lies the beginning of my pregnancy. He, he is a loser. Someone in the chat said Satan is a loser. He is a loser. Um, and it's really funny. Like, like only 
someone as demonic and as evil as Satan would try to use the miracle in my womb, the word says that children are a reward. So only demonic attack would try and use the miracle, the reward in my womb as means of telling me of holding up the old man and saying, uh, I don't know. You don't look so good anymore. No, he's a liar. He's a liar. And so I want to say that I, I could have never been pregnant without Jesus because of the backdrop of that eating disorder that I had. Because y'all seeing my body change <laughs> and recognizing that it is for this little girl has been so beautiful and I've never been more grateful. And I think about all the years that I spent trying so hard to get into that size small. I think about the years that I tried to have the abs, the washboard abs, the perfect flat stomach, the big butt flat stomach, and all of the things. I think about all those years that I just essentially wasted on my vanity, trying to make my body look a certain way when I've never felt more beautiful than I do carrying my baby. And this is what my body has always been made for. My body was never made to have those abs. My body was never made to be a supermodel. My body has always been made to carry this little girl that I just praise God for. You know, last night, last night I saw her move for the first time in my belly. I could actually see like her, her like moving around and her little foot kicking. And I was just thinking about how I could have never done this. I could have never done this without Jesus. I could have never been pregnant without Jesus because the one thing that always tormented me was my eating disorder my whole life. I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain size. There were even times I had pregnancy scares in my early 20s where I would, I would literally punch myself in the belly because I didn't want to get fat from being pregnant. And the devil has tried to shame me with that too, telling me that I don't deserve Selah, my daughter, because of what I did then. Or the times I would try and induce a miscarriage by drinking a lot of vitamin C or, or eating a bunch of cinnamon in one time, like I always used to tell myself. Um, or what I, whatever I would read, that's like how you could induce a miscarriage. I used to do that kind of stuff because I didn't want my body to change. Before I knew Jesus, this is like when I'm 22, 23 and I've never told anyone that publicly before. But the devil has tried to use that as a way to shame me. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to show me the old man and claim the old man over my new identity in Christ. The devil is a liar. When he tries to condemn you for your past, you have to remember that Jesus has called you by name. 
He has called you by name. He forgets your past. He washes you clean of your past. All the devil has is your past. I'm like losing it on camera tonight. I'm so sorry. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm all over the place, but honestly, I keep crying like this because I just, I'm so grateful to be free y'all. I'm so grateful to be free. Free of the body dysmorphia, free of the eating disorder, free of the binge eating, free of the food obsession. Now I just want to eat healthy because I want to take care of my body. I want to take care of my baby, you know? And yeah, sometimes she wants a cheeseburger <laughs> and I let her have it and I don't have to shame myself for a week after. It's just, it's just, it's just amazing. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really so grateful to be free. And I see now in hindsight, all those moving parts, all those moving parts, my whole life where the devil meant it for my harm, but God has ultimately used it for my good and his glory. And I think a lot of the times, like we see evidence in the book of Job, that's why the, the, the devil or that's why God lets the devil attack us physically in certain ways, because look at Job, look what happened to Job and look what happened after he was restored. He was multiplied because God said, well, he's mine. You know, let the, let the devil have his attacks, but ultimately he's mine. And I'm going to prove my faithfulness in that restoration. And, you know, I, he's restored me tenfold more than I could have ever imagined or anything I've ever done for myself. I tried so hard to break free of the eating disorder. I tried so hard to break free of it on my own with my own works, but Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And guess what? He gave me a baby the night of my wedding. He put a baby in my womb the night of my wedding. And again, I got accused before of Oh, are you saying that women that have infertility are, aren't loved by God? It's, no, I'm saying all glory to God, all glory to God. Because even if I didn't get pregnant my wedding night, I'd still be blessed. I'd still be blessed, but I did. And I'm allowed to give him glory for that. And it doesn't take away from anybody else. And yes, thank the Lord he freed me before my pregnancy. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah.
I do, th I, I, someone just said in the chat, God's plan was to fully heal your body image through this pregnancy. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He really actually showed me the healing. He didn't, I, I wouldn't say he healed me through the pregnancy. He, he used the pregnancy to show me the healing of the finished work of the cross that finished the good work in me. So praise the Lord. Um, now I, I want to kind of speak to, and again, I feel like this was very sporadic. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily a good episode because it was very just like me crying a lot <laughs> and going all over the place from like timeline to timeline, but I pray you got something from this. Um, I want to, I want to speak some things over y'all and then I'll, I'll close out in prayer. But I want to say that if you're struggling with body image or an eating disorder, there's, there's just a couple verses that I, I want you to write them down too. I want you to remember, remember these verses. So if you're not able to write down, remember this timestamp right now where we are in the video so that you can come back to it later. I want you to remember Genesis, something as simple as Genesis, Genesis one twenty six, and just speak truth over yourself that my body was made in his image. When the devil wants to come in with those lies, oh, your body's gross. My body was made in his image. What's gross is the fact that I don't have a tissue. That's gross. Excuse me. And then we have Psalms 139, 14. My body is fearfully and wonderfully made. My body is fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Colossians 3, 5. Put to death whatever is of your earthly nature. Okay? So eating disorders are of earthly nature. And I 100% believe that an eating disorder can be spiritual because... I, 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 that happened to me. Like that was, that was a part of my experience was something was cast out of me in Jesus name. Eating disorder stopped. And then it just became a matter of putting on the armor when the devil would try and tempt me with lies. Right? So if anyone wants me to pray deliverance tonight, I will. But I also, again, want to just encourage you that if we pray and you don't wake up miraculously healed tomorrow, right? It might just be a lie. And you just need mind renewal, okay? It's true you can't renew the mind of a demon, but not everything is a demon, I don't believe we need to get hyper-fixed on deliverance. But we also need to be aware that sometimes it has a time and a place. And like I said, maybe that open door was that sin when I was a little kid. When I disobeyed my mom and let the addiction come in. Let the food come in. Um, or maybe it was just generational. Maybe it was just generational. 
and just one of those things that lingered in the flesh. Either way, either way. Now, that being said, 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you got to remember that the Lord isn't looking at your, like, you don't impress God by being a certain physique. You know, your abs don't impress God. Your, your muscles don't impress God, right? Your size small doesn't impress God. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't take care of yourself. I am an advocate of good health. 100% an advocate of good health. Because it's important. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we are, and, and our bodies are not our own, right? Romans says to present your body as a living sacrifice, it's a sacrifice. Take care of this temple. But just as it says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So that's, that's a part of dying to yourself, right? You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I will... Um, I, I will want the popcorn or I don't know. That's been a pregnancy craving. Sometimes I will want the popcorn or the cheeseburger or whatever. But I'm going to eat that to the glory of God. And, 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 and my flesh doesn't have to take over there. But most of the time, what am I going to do? Well, to honor this body that's not mine, I'm just going to treat it well. And this is also why praying over your food is so important. You know, I joked once when uh, my friend was here, when Nayla was with me, I had, I had an airhead and I was like, thank you, Jesus, that I can ingest poison and not be harmed because that's what the word says. You can, you can drink poison and not be harmed. So I'm like, thank you that I can have poison and not be harmed. Like my piece of candy, right? Just give him thanks when you eat, no matter what you eat. Just give him thanks. Do it for the glory of God and start centering your food habits around what brings glory to the Lord, just like everything else, right? That, that verse says, not just whatever you eat or drink, it says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So start framing your, your food habits and your exercise habits around that. You know, what's really interesting. I forgot to mention this is that. I used to, I used to be obsessed with working out, like obsessed, like I mentioned before. Now I'm not obsessed with working out. I actually don't want to work out ever because I'm obsessed with prayer. I'm obsessed with praise. I'm obsessed with the ministry. I'm obsessed with pressing in with my time with Christ that I don't want to be at the gym. You know why I go to the gym now? It's because this body is not mine. This body is not mine. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I have to take care of it. So yeah, I got to go to the gym today and, <laughs> and honor that temple. But I don't even want to. But I got to die to myself and go anyway and just get the dang workout over with. But it's like, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. It's about God. It's not about you.
The whole world is centered around you, 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 your body, your body, your body, your body. Look at our culture. Look at the women. Look at, look at social media. Look at, look at all that we see all the time. We're just bombarded with, with femininity and sexuality and vanity and all of these things. Diet culture, right? Shame. Diet culture and shame go hand in hand. We're bombarded with all this stuff all the time, right? But guess what? The word of God says he doesn't look at the physical appearance. He looks at the heart. And so, of course, we live in a world that's going to make everything about the physical appearance. And of course, that's what the enemy is going to use to try and tempt you with. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about your appearance because why? Well, that's a real easy way to get to your flesh is making things all about your appearance. So with even this, die to yourself. Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, right? Do it all for the glory of God. Ephesians 5.29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. So you feed and care for your body because that actually represents how much Jesus loves you. You don't feed or care for your body because it's going to make you look good. You feed and you care for your body because that's just as Christ does the church. It's a nurture. It's a nurture, right? This isn't the body positivity movement. The body positivity movement is like, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a lie from the devil because it, it's not about the body at all. It's about honoring the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's about God. But we live in a culture that has made everything antithetical to God. So the relationship that we have to our body is no different. Now, 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, 8. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So see, this even here indicates physical training and like taking care of your body um, has some value, but godliness has value for all things, not just in this life, but of the life to come. I do think sometimes, you know, there can be kind of like this misconception and it's like swinging too far right or too far left, which is what Proverbs warns us against, right? It says, don't go too far left or go too far right, but go somewhere in the middle, which is just a foreshadowing of the narrow road that Jesus talks about. But, you know, some, some people will take, you know, the whole, well, this body doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of eternity thing a little too literally, right? But then that creates bondage as well, because ultimately that's just a way, that's just a way to live for your flesh, to indulge your flesh, to let yourself experience all the pleasures of food because, well, this body doesn't really matter. So there's two extremes, right? There's like the extreme of, well, the body doesn't really matter because, eh, I'm going to have a heavenly body someday anyway. And then there's the other extreme of, this body matters so much. It's all that matters. But there's a healthy balance there. And I think 1 Timothy 4.8 embodies that perfectly. Physical training is of some value. But godliness, you know, pursue your godliness over your physical training. 
but understand that your physical training can be a byproduct of your godliness, right? You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Again, this body is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16, 20, you were bought with a price. Honor God with your bodies. And some of these verses are in the context of, you know, sexual immorality, but we can use it here all the same. We can use it here all the same. You know, the, the thought that your body's a temple means treat it, don't treat it with fornication, but it also means, you know, treat it the way you would a temple. You want to go vandalize a temple, so don't vandalize your body with bad foods. And I'm not shaming anybody, for the record. I'm not shaming anybody. It's... Because trust me, if anyone knows it's me, I just went on for two hours blubbering like a baby about how I get it. But, you know, don't vandalize your sweet body. It belongs to the Lord. You were bought with a price. Honor him with your body. It's, it's ultimately, you got to understand that Satan's goal is to get your eyes off of God, off to get, to get your eyes off of the truth. So what I'm reading to you, these, this is scripture. So this is truth. The truth is that your body doesn't belong to you. The truth is that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The truth is that you are commanded that whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. The truth is that you were bought with a price. The truth is that godliness has value and that physical training can be a byproduct of your godliness. The truth is that the Lord looks at your heart and people look at the, at the, at the outward appearance. And the truth is that your body was fearfully and wonderfully made and you were made in his image. So that's truth. So the devil is going to combat that with lies. He's going to combat that with lies and he's going to make it all about you. He's going to make it all about your flesh. He's going to, again, hold up the old man and show you who you were instead of the truth that you were bought with a price and your body no longer belongs to you. And who you are in this body now is, is alive unto the Lord. You are dead and you are alive unto the Lord. The old man is dead. The new creation is alive unto God. Someone asked what that verse was from earlier from Proverbs. Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Will be praised. That's a promise. Right? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. And then we have... Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See? And what does the word say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So seek first the kingdom of God and remember that, that if you're not, if you're not within that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then you are not seeking the kingdom of God, right? Um, and now here are some good verses for just when you're kind of struggling with the warfare. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near all who call out to him, 
all who call out to him with integrity. And again, that's a promise. The word of God will never return void. So you can bank on that to be true. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything. It literally, do not be. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So don't be anxious about your body. And if you're getting attacked with anxiety about your body, you have to remember again, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Anxiety is a byproduct of fear. The word says, do not be anxious. Cast that to him because he cares about you. And in prayer and in supplication with praise, with thanksgiving, give those requests, let them be known unto him and his peace that surpasses all understanding will, not maybe, it says will guard your hearts and your minds. He will guard your minds. He will guard your hearts. Okay? Cast, and there's that verse, cast your cares into the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And then finally, I don't want to read this whole one because it's very long, but basically the embodiment of second Corinthians five here verses one through 10 is that <clears throat> this earthly tent we live in will be taken down. We will leave this earthly body and we will live in a house of heaven in an eternal body that God has made for us. So all of these things coming together is that either way, if you are overweight, if you're underweight, if you're obsessed with food, if you're obsessed with exercise, you're giving too much focus on the body, on the, on the tent because you're either neglecting it or you're obsessing over it. So there needs to be that heavenly balance. Remember, our God is a God of order. He's a God of order. And this is the same thing. There's an order here too. So what we need to do is really crucify our flesh and live alive unto God and do all things, what we eat and drink, physical training as a form of godliness, all unto the Lord. Um, I feel like I could go on and on. This is already very long. So it seems like in the chat there's some advice that is being asked of. Practical steps to take. Um, if you need to lose weight, I mean, very basic. Eat less, move more. It's true. Eat less, move more. Prioritize your protein, your fiber, and um, try and eat. This is what's worked for me. I know some people say that you don't have to eat every couple hours, but I know that it really does help speed up your metabolism if you're eating every couple hours, like every two to three hours, eat something. Um weights. Don't get caught in the cardio game. I did that. Cardio has a time and place, but lifting heavy replaces body fat with lean muscle. And that's really the goal. You got to move. You got to lift. 
think really weightlifting is the best. Um, and yes, yeah, someone in the chat said, don't let that body image become your idol. Um, and then if you are, if you are struggling with an eating disorder right now, again, like I said at the beginning, I, I don't claim that over yourself. Just it's time to renew your mind in the word of God. But I, I would like to pray over y'all right now. Is there anything specific in the chat I can pray? Or should I just, I'll just let the Holy Spirit lead and we can talk after in the chat for a little bit. So thank you all so much for watching. Again, after the prayer, we'll hang out in the chat for a little bit. So if you'd like to do that, then stick around. But I'm just going to close out into prayer right now. Um, all right. Heavenly Father, I just want to first thank you for the opportunity to share the story of how you really healed me from an eating disorder and how I just give you all the glory for the way I've been through this pregnancy in so much freedom, watching my body change, watching the scale go up as I grow this little girl just walking in freedom because of you, Lord. And and I pray that that message of freedom would really just, just saturate everyone who is listening live or on the replay, Lord, that there is freedom in the name of Jesus. Lord, there is freedom in the name of Jesus. And that you created us in your image. Lord, I pray that truth over the mind of everyone listening right now. And I command every lying spirit to go in Jesus' name. All food addiction, go in Jesus' name. All, all body dysmorphia, go in Jesus' name. Gluttony, go in Jesus' name. Just all of it go in Jesus' name. I just want to plead the truth over your mind because the truth sets us free. Truth sets us free. The truth is, is that you were fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. And Lord, I pray that this scripture would just, would just fill the person listening who needs this right now. That they were fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. Lord, that that their body is, is a temple of your Holy Spirit. That you actually love their body, Lord. I pray that just like a big hug, the Holy Spirit who is the comforter would just envelop them right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would do that. Because you are the comforter. You have given us your Holy Spirit. And your word says you are near to the brokenhearted. So if anyone feels brokenhearted from their past or from their experience with whatever an eating disorder may have tormented them with, Lord, I pray that you would just show them that what the enemy used for their harm, you are, you are using for good. Because you are the redeemer. You, you are the one who restores. You make all things new, Jesus. 
I pray that you would make them new. That you would remind them that they already are new. That who they were died on the cross with you and you've and they've been resurrected into new life where they are actually alive unto you. And I pray that they would use their body as a living sacrifice, that, that, that the goal to eat well and to physically train would not come from any idolatry of the body, but that it would come from a genuine desire to honor you. To honor you with their body that is your temple. I pray that they would do all things, that they would eat and drink all for the glory of God. Lord, and I pray that these scriptures would continue to come to mind as they combat the temptations of the enemy, as they combat the temptations of the flesh to believe that their body image defines them. And Lord, I pray that, I just pray restoration over these relationships with food in Jesus' name. I pray, I pray complete freedom in Jesus' name, that they would walk in the freedom you died for, Lord. And that there would be no shame because you don't shame us, Father. You don't shame us. And we thank you for that, that there is no condemnation in those in Christ Jesus. So if anyone is condemning themselves for their body, for their food habits, for what they've done thus far, Lord, we thank you that there's no condemnation in you. And that that ultimately comes from the enemy. So we thank you, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. If you're listening on the replay, this is the part where um, we hang out in the live chat. So if you want to tune into that, you'll have to go on YouTube. And the link is in that bio. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I pray that you are blessed by it. Please do consider financially partnering with the ministry. Different ways to support the show are listed in the episode description, so be sure to check that out. If you were fed today, don't just dine and dash. <laughs> and be sure to share this episode with a friend or family member that you feel could use it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you for supporting Heaven and Healing. If you are interested in hearing or watching the Q&A live chat that happens at the end of every live stream, you'll have to subscribe to Heaven and Healing Podcast on YouTube to watch the rest of the stream where we do that live Q&A at the end. Thank you all so much again and God bless.